It's me, model and reconnaissance extraordinaire. I consider yourself blessed. Well, it was a pretty normal day for me. I'm chilling at the Emperor's Palace while he shows off all this stuff to try and impress me. Like, yeah, good luck. Next thing I know, in walks this gangly hot mess called Francis. I'll be honest, he's cute and so my type, but it turns out he's the Emperor's top inventor or artificer or something, and that's when I realised that he was going to be useful to the Resistance. So I turned the charm up to 11 and got ready to deliver him to HQ. Meanwhile, Flynnvar Onagon and Karen Stonecutter, not a pairing I thought I'd ever say, are putting together some kind of party where they're going to use my name to get new friends or something, but the city guard caught on. Amateurs. While escaping the patrol, they bump into Francis and I, <laughs> get it, because I'm I, and suddenly both of us have these strange necklaces around our necks, and Onagon is telling us we're all supposed to be friends. What the hell happened to my Thursday? everybody and welcome to the terrible adventures of the Genesis Griffiths Parchment Company. We're up to part four of our The Wish Scroll arc. My name is Penny D. I'll be your dungeon master today in this alternate world in which we live in and in the real world, the non-alternate world. For me, the most important invention that was created in my lifetime, um, I think would be a portable GPS. Like I use Google Maps all the time and I would be so lost if I didn't if I couldn't like phone tell me where Steph's house is and then like otherwise I would never get there do you remember when we used to have Garmin's and you'd have to like update them yeah by connecting them to your computer and like loading new maps onto them and it was a nightmare and I never did it and I would always get lost (laughs) or if you were like four and you had to print off map quests you know, yeah. Map quest. Uh, <laughs> we just yeah. had like one of the AA brochures that folded yeah. out. Yeah. 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 A huge paper map, and you had to figure out where the heck you were. Yeah. And the driver is like, what's the next road we have to turn down? You're like, it's too small. I can't read it. <laughs> Liz, I think you might have needed glasses, honey. I did. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm Nate, and I play Flimba, the Halfling Bard. I'm currently the CEO of Onagon. War and weaponry. Oh no. Oh no. Oh yes. <laughs> so I was born in 87, so I was just born after all the cool things. Uh, but Bluetooth counts. Mm. I looked that up. Yeah, Bluetooth is what, 2000? No, it was like 89, I think. Wow, okay. Yeah, Bluetooth has been around for a while. Sorry, 1994. Well, there you go. Yeah, I just love it because I, I, I don't like giant cords dangling in the way so just connecting to things and having the freedom of movement and not doing that greek wedding scene where you start walking away with the headphones and get jackknifed back oh my god yeah so thank you bluetooth hi my name is stephanie and i play frankie the man the myth the legend the artificial <laughs> the human and you know pretty much the world's greatest inventor just don't ask anyone else because they'll deny it all those deniers out there those deniers those frankie deniers <laughs> speaking of inventions an invention that i personally think is one of the best in my lifetime is probably the ability to 3d print oh, um, nice. i just yeah. 3d printed uh, this thing called a ringosaurus because the name sounded <laughs> funny and it's like a little little like bronchosaurus but you put your rings on it oh, it. <laughs> oh that's cute. Yo. do you have your own 3d printer i do now yes oh my god oh uh, it is the, like the filament one uh and i've been playing with it. <gasps> is 3D printing one of those things that's really recent or does it just seem recent because it's become one of those things that is more common for people to have one now? Uh, I think I think the, the, the angle I'm more going for is the ability to 3D print almost anything from ring of sources to like pancreases and you know that part is crazy like you 3d printing and stuff i think that is amazing to the that event like we will have the ability to you know print somebody a new heart and yeah it's mounted you know, yeah like, awesome but yeah, mounted. yeah yeah you know i think that's my favorite thing about 3d printing is the capabilities that hopefully 
you know, we'll have as long as big 3D printing doesn't come in and <laughs> Oh my stop god, it. yeah. So I just googled it because I'm really curious, but 1984. Okay, so that's a little out of my lifetime, but I was born in the 80s, so I'm going I'm, I'm counting that. Yeah, take it. Well, I oh mean 1984, it's kind of like a uh, he made a pa- there was a patent made. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they were like Printing. This is straight up a history podcast now. Yeah, someone thought of teleporting in the 70s, but they still haven't quite got it yet. <laughs> tell me people can't teleport yet? What the hell? What the yeah, hell? No, very frustrating. <laughs> Hi, I'm Poppy. I play Idafa, the tiefling rogue. Currently, I, the model slash spy. And... My favourite thing is really dumb, but it's Steam, um, which was apparently created in, on the 12th of September 2003. That's not dumb. Steam rules. Yeah, Steam is what happens when I boil my jug. Yeah, I was, I was, I'm thinking actual Steam. I'm so like... I'm talking about the software you can like download to purchase games. Um, it was created by Valve, and it is fantastic because it's, it's got so – it's been – okay, okay. It's been a fantastic platform, especially for indie game developers, yes. to create fantastic games that no one would have ever created because they're not like AAA spec. And they're so cheap, and there's always sales. It's currently the Steam Summer Sale, and I'm freaking out because there's so much good shit. <laughs> so yeah, it would be Steam. <laughs> that is that's a good selection. See, no, I think Steam is a fun one. My favorite invention is boring. My name is Liz, and I play Karen, the dwarven barbarian who is currently a CEO and a rebel. (laughs) This is very Karen of me, i got to say. My favourite invention since I was born is the robot vacuum. (laughs) It's the robot vacuum. I hate vacuuming. Tell us more about your robot vacuum. (laughs) I hate vacuuming. It's too loud. It takes a long time. It doesn't work. You have to do it all the time. Dogs start barking. Yeah. (laughs) And it's boring and you can't listen to music because you're your stupid vacuum cleaner's too loud all the time. And then you buy a robot vacuum and it just, you leave the house and you make it go before you leave the house and then you come back and your house is clean <laughs> and your mind is clean. And you have a new member of your family that you can pack bond with. That's true. <laughs> and I also have a new member of my family that my friends can call extremely stupid nicknames. Please <laughs> uh, <laughs> enlighten us. Without any input of my own, my robot vacuum has been called Suck Boy. <laughs> so that lives in my house now. <laughs> well, um, this isn't a, you know, technology and advancement of humanity podcast. It is a D&D podcast. I feel like we probably should acknowledge podcasting as an invention of the last, oh, yeah. you know, 30 years. Otherwise, oh, yeah. we might all Fair disappear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll stop existing. So podcasting, also pretty good. Podcasting, pretty good. We're up to part four of the Wish Scroll. Uh, do we all want to play some Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you all make your way swiftly and quietly across the rooftops of the city, uh, leaving behind the frustrated shrieking of the Bobby Guards. You follow Idafa who doesn't seem to want to chat, but also you don't really have anywhere else to go, right, Karen? You you know that you've got your insurgency guards behind you. Mm. Flynnvar, you've finally got everybody together, so you just want to keep everyone together. <laughs> and Frankie, well, a very attractive boy told you to follow him, and that was really all you needed to, to be a part of this uh, motley crew. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You travel for about 40 minutes. Uh, you end up back on the ground level, and Idafa hands out a few cloaks for you all to travel in, just so that you're not spotted. And you travel north, and eventually you find yourselves at a rather large wrought iron gate. Uh, and Flynnvar, you actually recognize this place. You've been here once before. You find yourself at the front of the Marvelous Mansion estate. Huh. <laughs> so Flynnvar's like got his hand, little hands on his knees, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh. I'm so glad everyone's all together. I can't wait to uh, have a chat with you and explain everything. Why are we? Why are we here? I don't know what this is. Does this place have uh, significant memories for you, Linvar, from the other place? Yes. So in our oh wait, what? Um, maybe we should explain all this somewhere a little bit safer. 
this'll do. Yeah, but I'm concerned about going in here and meeting Marvelous because he's the one that secret. He's a he's a bad guy. Why would he be here? He's literally not here. Uh, this is his house. No. Uh, well, he, he lives in the castle. Yeah. He's the emperor. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> Who lives here then? Idafa, I can answer that question if you would like. Yes, please. <laughs> Idafa, some time ago, about 18 months ago, when Marvelous usurped the throne, he obviously uh, sold up some of his property to free up some cash. Uh, and the leader of the resistance just happened to buy it from him <laughs> because this is the last place that the emperor would look <laughs> to find someone who was trying to overthrow him. Nice. <laughs> yeah, which makes sense. That's good. Idafa, you have to give the uh, secret signal to be let in through the gate. So what do you do? I vogue. Oh, I love it. How long do you vogue? I do like four swift movements. <laughs> the gates are open just wide enough, like they slide sideways, just wide enough for the four of you to fit through. And coming to meet you at the bottom of the grounds is a little terrier. You know how some dogs have those cute little mustaches? Yeah, yeah. a schnauzer. Yeah, a cute little schnauzer with a white stain on his face. Oh. Uh, he kind of like harruffs at you <laughs> and gestures you to follow him up to the main house. Oh. So the gates close behind you. And while you're walking up to the main door, um, you should have some space to continue talking if you want to. What a smart puppy! Who's a good boy? Is your is that is that your dog? Is that puppy a man? Uh, is that puppy a man? What are you talking about? Is I that mean, puppy a man? Does he turn into what? other animals? What? What? Ah! Oh, uh, I know you. I know you. Come on, mole. I'm going to pretend that it's not. <laughs> he starts trotting back up towards the th uh, you, you guys are following him but he's not like sitting here participating in a conversation he's like walking on his tiny little legs back up towards the mansion sure we're following him <laughs> yeah and flinvar's bloody following him like i know you i know you dog yeah Flynn's like <laughs> and you're just like what the fuck <laughs> oh talk to me frankie is sneezing <laughs> allergic. Uh, i rolled a like a constitution check to see if he's allergic to dogs and he rolls world his way so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say he's mildly allergic to dogs i wonder if a druid when they turn into an animal they like take on like the dander oh, no. <laughs> i guess they would flynn goes to ifa a dog is not just a dog why are you with mole the shape changing fella. What do you mean shape changing? And he's like looking real like shifty. What do you mean shape shifter? You know, like you can do. What? A druid. Um uh, Flynn, Flynn, Mr Mr. Onagon, Mr. Onagon, let's um let's not overwhelm uh Mr. I. Oh, shall true, we? Yes. He's being very um lovely, uh inviting us into his home. Karen's like, this This is probably where I live, so it's really fancy. <laughs> <laughs> good point, good point, Karen. I'll show them the necklaces. So, Flynn, just, just making sure, at the moment, Frankie and Idafa have not had any kind of explanation <laughs> from you about who yeah. you are or why you're here. So this is your opportunity. At the moment, they consider you to be a potential enemy. Yeah. So at this point, yeah, he's just been dropping hints or just chatting into them like he's forgotten because he's just very excited that everyone's together after all this worry. <laughs> and after Karen kind of mentions that, he goes, oh, yes, uh, we've got some deep talking to do and we've got to show each other our cool necklaces. Some deep talking. The necklaces. Yeah. Yes, I, I believe that you both, uh, I still don't really know what's going on, if I'm being honest. Uh-huh. But I believe I saw, when we were having the fight at the train station, I believe I saw both of you suddenly gain access to uh, a big old gem, and she kind of pulls hers out of her blouse and shows it. She says, uh, looks something like this, but a different colour, I think? Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Onagon here has some very interesting things to say about why we all have these and uh, what's going on at the moment, really. So do you think we could find somewhere to uh, sit and and maybe talk? Uh, I know it's a lot to take in, but it's... He, the things that he said to me, I, I, can't, I can't really explain it, but it feels correct. Can I just make a perception check just to see? Like, because this is obviously like really weird. Yeah. This whole thing's really messy. <laughs> yeah, real strange. Sorry, I was just gonna do a perception check. Just go ahead. Because it fits. What's happening? Oh no, yes, I guess it would be um inside. Okay. 
Well, I got a seven, so. But I'm gonna like, I'm gonna like squint my eyes a little bit at her and just be like, yeah, I'm really trying to, I'm really reading you right now. But I'll do really bad. <laughs> You're not sure about this, Idafa. This whole thing seems very strange to you, but what you do know is that when Flinva uh, touched you, you were overtaken by some kind of magic, uh, which, uh, which at least that part of the story is legit. Okay. About the magic touch. Um, Frankie, would you like to roll on something similar? Yes. Am I rolling on uh, insight? We talked about. Yeah, unless you have another roll that you think would be more appropriate. No, I'd say insight because I was thinking investigation, but like I would think I would need more information to put the two and two together. Yeah, maybe go uh, maybe some string, <laughs> some, some like pictures with okay, people's faces, faces, but like tags. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll need only more <laughs> just with people's like faces, but there's like a question mark in front of them. <laughs> Frankie rolled a four on uh, insight. <laughs> yeah, you you were having a bit of trouble keeping up with all of this. Your life got very different in the last hour, um, yes. and you're having a bit of trouble processing all of this. So again, with Flinva doing a terrible job of explaining himself, <laughs> Karen not a hundred percent sure what's going on. You don't really get a lot out of this. Yeah, yeah. Can Flynn look around to see where we're standing? Like, are we in a corridor? Are we in the main entrance? Are we slightly? You are walking up the driveway towards the front door. I want to do perception to see if there's anyone else around. Cool. Roll me a perception check. 15. You happen to spot a dwarf ninja ducking <laughs> into a bush. <laughs> but other than that, there are a few what looks like regular guards around. There's a guy working on the hedges that's watching you a bit more intelligently, a bit more uh, security-wise than you would expect from just a gardener. Oh. Yeah, this whole place has a bit of a clandestine vibe to it. <laughs> I'm going to motion everyone to huddle in, and then I want to throw a perception to do, like, you know how <laughs> at the beginning of a book you get, like, the... the this is what happened in all four books if you didn't bother to read them. Okay, you want to roll performance to do a recap without actually saying it, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Roll me a performance check. <laughs> and we can just edit in all of our, um... <laughs> no, that's too hard! <laughs> 28. Nice. Wow. <laughs> so, Flynn gets a little bit, like, he's tired of being flustered with his words, and he kind of grabs you guys and sort of drags you over towards this fountain that once upon a time you guys had thrown a guy whose legs you had chopped off in and he'd been consumed by hellhounds. Oh, yeah. oh god, I forgot we did that. You drag your friends to this fountain and you actually gather your your sales pitch mm -hmm. voice and you really start to explain to them what happened. You tell them that you are from another timeline and that Emperor Marvelous wished to alter the timeline to make himself the emperor that you guys used to work together a little bit about your adventures karen you're hearing this for the second time and you're noticing that once flynn gets his shit together it's quite consistent <laughs> frankie and idafa whether or not you believe him is up to you but he actually gives you the spiel about what he's doing here and why he chose to seek you guys out do you believe him he gives a with a 28 he gives a very convincing performance yeah i think i would just like with a number like that yeah I, think I, would just... I mean i just re-rolled inside and got a 19 so i'm a little bit more insightful <laughs> yeah so you're a little bit more on board now idafa why don't you roll me one more insight check okay <laughs> at advantage because of that really good performance roll yeah why not <laughs> okay. yeah that's an 18 yeah so. yeah now that you guys have stopped your bustle and flynn can actually <laughs> like sit and business pitch to you guys like, the whole thing seems crazy, right? But also, like, there's some stuff in his speech that is very on his side. Uh, one of the things being, you've both heard of Flynnvar Onagon before as this horrible, bloodthirsty businessman. This guy is nothing like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other thing being, the head of the insurgency is apparently on his side, which is another thing that he has going for him. You're not 100% sure that you, like, buy this, but it definitely seems like there's something to it. Yeah, fair. And he, he knows things that he shouldn't know, right? Like, he knows that... That's exactly he, he right. He knows about Mole, and he probably said something about um, Master Speck, 
and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, he knows a few things that he shouldn't know. Your sister's names. He would have no reason Ooh. to know that. He knows that I'm a druid. Yeah, he knows about your he knows about your powers. Your cat. Um, he's able to, to explain to you inventions of yours, Frankie, that he's seen before that you've either in this universe only conceived of but never actually built. And so, like, there's definitely something going on here. Idafa, after after a couple of minutes of, like, sitting and, and humming and hawing, <laughs> you figure it's you, that you're expected by this point, so you start leading the group up to the main door. Yeah, okay. At the door, there is uh, two children, basically stacked on top of each other, wearing a coat. <laughs> <laughs> My boys! Flynn, you recognize Tuffle and Truffle. Yes! <laughs> They say the one on top is wearing a very silly moustache and a hat with some devil horns coming out of it. Oh my god. And he says, uh, password. Password. Oh, I bet it's pudding, fluffles and truffle. Fluffles and truffle. Fluffles and truffle. Can we pretend that that actually is the password and they're like, what the hell? They're like, it was pudding. How did he know that? How did he know there's two of us? It's very obvious that there's two of us. <laughs> yeah. Frankie rolled a natural one on insight for that. So this, <laughs> this strange, lumpy, mustached gentleman seems very off. <laughs> the guardsmen slash guards children allow you to enter and you walk into the foyer space of the mansion. Inside, it's very busy, very clandestine. There's a big schedule up on one side. There's a lot of people bustling to and from. And in the corner of the room, both Idafa and Flinva, you can spot Master Speck speaking with Poet. I would just like to confirm something. Yeah. My relationship with Speck, is it like, do I have a real respect for him or are we quite on the same level? At this point, having worked for him for so long, you trust him. I think any more than that about how much you like him is up to you. Okay, sweet as. I'm just, yeah, thinking about how I'm going to greet him. But anyway, continue. And so, Idafa, you're the only one in here who, like, knows the knows the drill. Even though Flynn knows who some of these people are, um, you're the only one who actually has been here before. All right. Uh, I guess off the bat, does anyone need any refreshments? Oh, yes, please, yeah, yes. Actually, yeah, I, I would love some, uh, some tea and some cake if it's on offer. It's not. Um, you can have <laughs> some water, and I think we have some basic rations. Uh, Tuffle Truffle, can you go grab something, please? You got it, boss. <laughs> Just the water then for me. Once they're inside, the t- Tuffle hops off of Truffle's shoulders, but doesn't do anything about this big, long coat that's trailing behind him. <laughs> so as he walks out into the kitchen, trips over several times while his brother kicks him every time he tries to get up. <laughs> oh, jumps off his shoulders and Frankie's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, pretty, pretty sweet setup you've got here. I have to say I'm impressed. Thanks. Uh, who are you, sorry? The head of the Dwarvish Rebels, darling. I've been over this. We've been trying to get in contact with the... Uh, insurgency for a little while now and now that you're here i suppose we can talk after you said that master speck and poet having seen idafa have made their way over and he walks up to you karen and says uh mrs stonecutter uh very nice to meet you uh welcome to the resistance Uh, thank you so much it's a true pleasure to be here as i as i said to your colleague we've been uh Trying to get in contact with you all for a while, but you've proven very hard to track down. I'm going to be quite defensive. I'll be like, yes, but we're very busy. <laughs> like, it's not their fault, okay? <laughs> I wouldn't respect a rebel uh, resistance if they weren't hard to track down, Ida first. So I feel like it's a compliment. Mm, yes. Master Speck um, kind of smiles at you, Karen, and says, uh, my apologies, uh, but unfortunately, that decision was not mine to make, so uh, you'll have to talk to the boss about that. No worries. It is a pleasure to meet you anyway. Mr. Uh... You may call me Master Speck. Uh, this is my associate uh, poet, and poets like looking at Flinvar up and down. This one's allied with the Emperor. I am not. Why is he here? Okay, so in my mind, I see Speck as being someone that would actually potentially have knowledge of alternate timelines so i'm gonna be like yeah uh speck you might want to check this guy out one word wish spell um wait that's two words wish spell (laughs) (laughs) well yeah he's definitely not a warlord (laughs) speck looks you up and down what do you mean you are not you unless you are you because there has been a wish spell that changed the world and I am crossing timelines with my knowledge. I think you two are 
would help out with. Roll me a performance check, Flynn, and I'm going to roll insight. Uh, 20. Some magic crackles on his hands uh, and he sort of like maybe scans you a little bit. Um, You feel like magic sort of pulsing through you for a moment. It feels like warm, like sort of flames tickle your your sensitive skin underneath your arms. And he says, uh, there's definitely something strange about him. I guess we'll bring them in and we can sit down and have a chat. And from behind you, Frankie, you feel a hand on your shoulder and you turn around and you can see a large uh, hairless sphinx tabaxi looking you up and down and sniffing you and he goes uh master this one was at the palace earlier today i'm not sure we can trust him (laughs) (laughs) friskin i brought him here for a reason He's your friend? I wouldn't say friend, but he's definitely useful. Flint's like, oh. Oh, smoochy conquest, huh? <laughs> 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 <Flushing> immediately. <laughs> Same. <laughs> like, they're not there yet. Let it evolve naturally. Flintva, another familiar face uh, speaks up from just beyond a bookshelf. Uh, and you can see uh, Moshi, the uh, wandering samurai, oh uh, also speaks up to Idafa and says, You, you vouch for these two? And Flynn's like, Moshi, you saved our life. I never got to thank you. I mean, hello. I am afraid I do not know you. Well, I mean, you do, but you just don't know it. I'm just going to shrug, just like, eh. You are saying a stranger is just a friend that you do not know yet. Interesting. <laughs> Didn't say that at all, Moji, but thank you. <laughs> you guys are sitting and talking for a little while and trying to Flynn's trying to explain his stuff, but also at the same time, like they are talking about their own, you know, investigation and their own uh, intelligence and stuff like that. And Frankie is trying to keep up with everything that's going on because he wants to seem cool for fashion model eye. And then a bell rings and uh, Master Specs uh, sits up straight and says, Oh, the boss has arrived. He's called a war council. Oh. Hop to it, everybody. Oh, not those. Everyone starts like running around. Idafit, you two, you know what your what your role is here. Um, and you go to start clearing off the war table um, to get ready for the boss. Whereas Frankie, Karen, and Flynn, you guys are pretty lost <laughs> as uh, from the top of the stairs, this enormous, muscular, tattooed, pierced Goliath uh, walks to the top of the stairs. He looks incredibly like intimidating and scary he's wearing like shoulder pads with big spikes on them and he looks down at you all menacingly and then he says thank you very much for meeting with me boss and he stands out of the way and at the top of the stairs is a gnome dressed in purple with a big bushy mustache (laughs) and a little top hat on janison breffitts jr walks to the balcony and addresses everyone and says it's time for a war council, friends! Oh my god! Oh. I totally expected that to be yeah. perfect. Kia ora, Penny here. My apologies for the late release. Uh, during recording, there were some problems with this one, uh, so I had to take it a bit slower and actually re-record some of my audio. You might be able to hear it in the episode. Future installments will stick to the release schedule as much as possible. Thank you very much to all our patrons for supporting the show. James Courtright, Samsara, Sean's uncle, Fingers McGee, he has a couple tenors, Claire McDonald, Jules Bergesser, Violet, Shobna Lee, Alex Moore, Lyndon Hood, Jesse Wesson, Disturbed One NZ, Andrew Evans, Luna Chris, William Evans, Steffi James is awesome, and Danielle, the tea lady, lady of the tea. 
For all of you patrons, go check out the random offcuts I've been putting up on the Patreon. They don't make it into the main episode, but they sure are good for a giggle. If you are curious about our bonus content or you like what we do and you'd like to be a supporter of the terrible adventures of the Janice and Brifford's Parchment Company, go check out patreon.com slash jbpcpodcast to become a supporter for just a few bucks a month. You can also find us on social media at facebook.com slash Janice and Brifford's Podcast or on Twitter at at jbpcpodcast. Music credits, thanks to Diala for All That I Am, Jemina Contreras for Alpha Mission, Unicorn Heads for Beginnings, Quinsas Moriera for Boom Bat Flick, Track Tribe for Flying, Half Dot Cool for Gemini, Ryan McCaffrey for Point Being Go By Ocean, Telecasted for Riding Into The Sun, Jeremy Blake for Science Montage, and Anno Domini Beats for Warzone. Our next episode will be out in two weeks on November the 26th. We will see you right back here then, unless it's late, which it won't be, but unless it is, goodbye for now. Five minutes later, the main members of the resistance are seated around the war table. Janison Breffords Jr. and resistance members Master Speck, Idafer, Moshi, Poet, Friskin, and Mole. Is Mole still the dog? Mole has taken on his hobgoblin form and is sitting okay. next to you, Idafer. You guys are kind of besties now because you are uh-huh. normally partners uh, on your assignments nowadays. It would have been really nice. cute if he was still just a dog sitting on a chair. But I understand. I understand why he's not. Karen, you were flanked on two sides by uh, insurgents dwarves uh, <laughs> dressed from head to toe in black uh, who have been invited in to be uh, part of your communications. Once you were verified as being the head of the insurgency, you were welcomed to the table. <laughs> it took a little while for Janison to trust Frankie and Flynn. They are known associates of Emperor Marvelous, but with some time and conversation, and especially with Idafa and Karen vouching for them, they are allowed to sit at the table. <laughs> the enormous tattooed Goliath unfurls a large sheet of high quality parchment on which there is a map of Ymir City. And I want you guys to imagine like near drums, like dun dun, dun 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 Like you guys are, it's, the, it's serious table time. Okay. Janison opens by saying, thank you very much to resistance member Idafer. We now know that Marvelous is inviting a Lord of Hell through the portal, and it's happening soon. Yeah, it's really not looking good, guys. And then Master Speck speaks up and says, We have also gathered rumors that the guards and demons are going to be forcibly rounding up citizens to the park uh, sometime soon as well. Oh, gosh. Idafer and Frankie, roll me intelligent checks, please. Okay. Ida got an 18. Very nice. Frankie got a 19. Both of you have something to add to this conversation. Idafa, you know that the time frame for this happening is supposed to be tomorrow because you were invited to join. Uh, that's actually meant to be happening tomorrow, boss. Noted. Thank you very much. Frankie, your recent meeting with the Emperor suggests to you that that weapon that he was asking you about with those gravity pads mm-hmm. is going to be utilized in some way uh, around this time. Yes, I am supposed to be creating more gravity pads that I believe is going to be used for something. Hmm. You mean the kind of gravity pads that we've been using in the hives for mining? Yes. What could we want with those? Anything. I say, and I sip my tepid <laughs> water. <laughs> From our intelligence, I would suggest that the false Emperor Marvelous may be planning to establish Ymirsa and the Prime Material Plane as another layer of hell with himself as Lord. Oh, no way! I would suggest that he is planning to bargain every soul in Ymir City for the privilege are the gravity pads going to be used to shoot people into the giant hell portal above the city? Mm-hmm. Uh, Frankie, you know that the range wouldn't, the range would not suit that. <laughs> uh, does it have the range? Oh, well, that's good, at least. <laughs> that's a mile up in the sky and they just don't work that far. I wouldn't like to see a bunch of people being shot into the hell portal. I mean, I would, but not for that reason. 
Okay, um, let's... Okay, so it did take a while to get you a seat at the uh, war council, so maybe let's not say things like that. <laughs> let's like... let those comments. <laughs> let's, let's I mean, maybe not, like, innocent people, <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Hey, 10,000 gold, it gets shot up into the sky. For oh, time. my God. It's actually $250,000. <laughs> <laughs> Friskin leaps lightly onto the table, as a cat might do and walks around this big, large map, pointing at five spots that are located just outside of the city walls. The portal, as we know, is held open by the pillars at the five points of the pentagram. So before the Hell Lord approaches tomorrow, the plan is to storm one of these points. We can close the portal if we can disrupt just one of these stations. Oh, I believe we may be able to help out with that. Uh, you see, my agents in the city have been working on gaining access to one of those pillars for a while now, uh, disguised, of course, as workers. And I believe we're going to be able to access one of them without too much problems. At this point, would you feel better if we all concentrated our efforts on one pillar? Or do you think that we should... Uh, use the Dwarven Rebels to attack one pillar while the insurgency goes for another. Spreading our resources. Karen, everyone is really uh, picking up what you're putting down and enjoying this. And like, there's a lot of murmuring about having the numbers of the Dwarven insurgency to help with this plan. Mm. And behind you, at the door to the room, uh, you hear a voice and it says, it won't do you any good. <laughs> and you turn around and you can see... Uh, a pale woman oh. with like a bird's nest of hair with smeared mascara across her face. Flynnvar, you recognize the administrator immediately. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> uh, you only know this person as being the like PTSD rat person who has not said one word since they've been here uh, for 18 months, mostly just drinking themselves to sleep uh, <laughs> in some of the upper rooms. What name do I know them by? You would know them by Minnie. Uh, <laughs> Minnie, what are you doing up? Flynn's just absolutely shocked. Just that, like his draw went wonk, wonk. <laughs> This is the first time that you have seen her not put together. Yeah. She is a wreck right now. <laughs> she looks like she hasn't showered in like Aww. days. Ew. Right. Janderson says, the resistance recognizes the administrator. What do you have to say? And she comes up and she sits on the table and points at the closest of the five pillars closest to her on the map. And she says, it's a suicide mission. Your plan is to attack one of the pillars of the pentagram to close the portal. Well, let me tell you that each of those pillars is guarded by the denizens of hell. Not only imps and demons, but multiple pit fiends. Getting to even one of those pillars is next to impossible and will sacrifice the entire resistance and insurgency only to kill one of my sisters. I simply cannot have it. And do you have any better ideas? Karen's a bit annoyed now because she thought she was putting down something really good, <laughs> and this, like, yeah. drunk, this drunk woman has just come in and been like, that's not going to work, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Actually, I do. Oh? Each of those pillars is powered by one of my sisters. We are divine constructs, that they are forcibly channeling hell magic through in order to maintain that enormous eyesore in the sky. Oh. My sisters were one by one bested and captured, and even my banished sister returned only to take my place. Oh dear. Oh. It should be me out there. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, that sounds very hard. She holds up her hand, uh, showing the underside of her forearm. And you can see a, a tattoo that is uh, written in words underneath of her hand going down towards her elbow. Flynnvar, you've seen this tattoo before. It states her purpose, which is to administrate the city on behalf of the emperor. She says, My sisters and I still exist, so the Timinius bloodline cannot have ended. What are you talking about? Does Ilo know anything about this? You guys know nothing about this. Not even fun. Okay. The emperor was killed. There's no heir. The Emperor was dead six months before Marvelous usurped the throne. What? For... <laughs> I don't have the stomach to go through it with you right now. But essentially, that coward usurped the position of an 11-year-old boy. 
truly the accomplishment of a king. Jennison is, is listening and, and says, uh, would you please explain yourself? We've been working on this plan for months and you've said nothing. <laughs> she points to her tattoo and she says, because I am still here, because I am even in this world right now, it means that Silver Timonius, the heir to the throne, is still alive and is being kept alive by the fake emperor. If he was dead, I would be nothing but cloud and vapor. Flynn's like, so administrator, that means we just, we just have to rescue Silver. That's right, strange small person who I'm pretty sure is a warmonger. Flynnva, Flynnva! All right. Okay. <laughs> That's exactly right, though. Silver is being held as a political prisoner, because if he is dead, then the portal cannot function. Uh, and Friskin, who is, like, sitting cross-legged on the table, is like, oh, so we just have to kill a child. Easy peasy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll be able to get access to him. He's so proud when he shows me all of his <laughs> war prisoners. That's so Actually, that's a good point, Idafa. Yeah. You've seen a lot of them? You've never seen a little kid. Like, you've never seen a human child. Ah. And Marvelous has never spoken to you about the proper heir to the throne and the rightful emperor. All the times that he's bragged about his political prisoners, you've not heard of or seen this one. Okay. So so what? We we just have to break into the castle and save a child that no one knows where they are because, I mean, he hasn't shown off this child to his most promising young model. And then what? The hell portal will still be there. Master Spick actually speaks up at this point and he says, actually, this is, this is very good. If we can liberate the true emperor and show not only the crowd, but also the demon prince that Marvelous has no right to claim the empire, this may work. Devils like these hell lords are very, very focused on their rules. If Emperor Marvelous is bargaining with something that he does not rightfully have, this may actually work. Interesting. The administrator points at a spot that some of you would recognize and says, this is where you must go. Break into the Ymir city prison and break out Silver Timonius. I know he's there, but I don't know where. Okay. Uh, out of curiosity, would Ido have experience at the prison? No. No, I wouldn't that's, think so. That's, it's not connected to the palace, and you would have never had a reason to go there. Yeah, nah. Janison stands, making himself only an inch taller, standing on his chair. <laughs> Alright, this is probably a better plan than a suicide mission. Uh, how about this? The resistance and the insurgency tonight will cause havoc and riots all over the city, uh, thereby spreading the Ymir city guard. Then, meanwhile, we will have a small crack team led by Idafa Belsa <laughs> to break into the Ymir city prison and retrieve us a young emperor. Hurrah! Karen looks up immediately and she says, I volunteer for the crack team. Very well. Yeah, we, you were kind of going to be part of it, Karen. Oh, good. Uh, because... The thing is, is I don't know if anybody else has much experience with children, but uh, it's probably a very, very scared little boy uh, who needs someone who can talk him out of whatever prison he's in. Yeah, and also bring candy. Kids love candy. Okay. I always have candy in my pocket. <laughs> but you knew that, didn't you, Flynnvar? Wait, what? Do you? <laughs> I'll put them in a little more often. <laughs> Our Karen doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh. She has carrot sticks and yummy snacks. Anyway. <laughs> 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 All right, team. Has everyone got everything they need? Because we have got an equipment locker. You guys can definitely get kitted up before we go. But the point is, is that the heist of the prison must happen tonight. There yep. is no yep. time to rest and do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Because tomorrow morning is uh, Marvelous's big coronation, as he put it. Yeah. Which now seems to have a purpose. Mm, so, Idafa, you have been given... They basically say that they're going to be using almost all of their resources, but you can choose four people, so a total of five people, to join you um, to break into the Ymir City prison. Who will you choose? Okay, um, well, Karen, definitely. <laughs> okay. I think... Frankie raises his hand. Uh, <laughs> part of it. I I actually developed a lot of the technology in the locks there. I've made it. Are you able to undo it? <laughs> Every lock 
could be unlocked some way. He tries to sound cool and mysterious. <laughs> okay, but no, but can you specifically unlock the logs? I mean, yes, I, I, I made okay, them. Good. I, could, I could unmake them. Good, I will, I will bring you. Uh... I know what silver looks like, and I can do magic. <laughs> and the administrator, like, stares at you and is like, how is that possible? <laughs> and also, we all know what a kid looks like, dude. But this one's very pale and different. I mean, uh, he, he's his own individual person. Sweet, pale kid. I've got it. All right, you can stay here because you're kind of. I, I don't trust you yet, but. I don't, but that's really unfair. I know a lot about you. Um, well, that's terrifying. How is it unfair? I can fight. I can. And he summons a sword. I can cut things sometimes, and I can do magic. He's literally not making a case. I'm just like, I, I thought he was supposed to be a and salesman. And I know things yeah. that you don't know. How many times have I surprised you this night? If you can best friskin in a battle, I'll consider bringing you. Huh. I want to discuss terms whisperedly with friskin. Because I want to make sure I know how this world timeline fights. So I don't do a faux pas. That's my condition. You're not making conditions. Yes, I am. Maybe I don't want to go and you can just fail. Okay, then don't come. No, I do want to come. <laughs> I tried reverse psychology, but I'm too honest. Flinvar, make a dexterity saving throw. Try <laughs> reverse psychology. <laughs> it wasn't that one. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> okay. You're falling um, apart. <laughs> 18. Flynn, you're kind of like getting a little bit indignant and trying to talk to uh, Idafa about rules. And you take a step forward to, like, make your point a bit stronger. And Friskin, going for, like, just a straight-up, like, kick, <laughs> just flies past you into a bookshelf. <laughs> it looks like you're fighting, Mr. Onagon. Yes, I'm done. Now can we move on? Friskin's not defeated. He gets up <laughs> and is like, come on, man, let's do this. Ugh. I was kind of oh, hoping for a chance to stretch myself out before we go kill guards. Well, since there's no rules, I'm just gonna heat metal and burn the insides of you out. What? So this is your last warning. What? What? Whoa! This this escalated. He's not made of metal. He's a cat. I magic four. This doesn't have to end. You're an important part of this revelation. I don't want to take away resources. We know about magic, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you guys know about magic. You've had access to it since the portal opened. Um, Jenison steps up and says, "Stop this at once, Idafa." If you cannot even assemble your team without resorting to bloodshed, I will assemble it for you. Oh. It is unnecessary to force our allies into combat with each other. Well, we don't even know he's an ally yet. And Janison has only ever yelled at you once before, um, <laughs> and it was like legit, like dad's dad's upset with me uh, vibes. <laughs> uh, so you you feel extremely shitty right now. Oh well, then you create the team, Mister Onagon. Yes. What reason do you have for wanting to be part of this? Clearly you're not trusted, so give us a good reason why you should be part of this crew. This world is wrong. It should not be like this, and I'm doing my best to fix it. That is a pretty good argument. Pretty vague. Karen will vouch for Flynn. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was gonna say, Frankie would yeah. logically be like, yeah, what he has to, like, what he's got to say kind of makes sense. I mean, why would he come all this way? How would he know what he knows? His story is crazy. But so is this world that we live on. The only part of his story that doesn't make sense is he seems to paint Frankie as not this cool, calm, confident <laughs> person. And that doesn't make sense. Frankie's always been that way. I think that <laughs> I believe uh, Mr. Onagon a little bit more now, especially because uh, Mr. Frankie here just referred to himself as cool and in the third person. Idafa, Master Speck walks up to you and whispers something in your ear. It is something that you are surprised to hear. If Flinvar is uh, is trouble, that you should kill him at the first instance, and that uh, doing so in the prison is actually probably one of the safest places to do it because you'll be so isolated. Okay. Hey. That's fair. Oh my god! There's a point. I have like a slight smirk, and then I'm like, okay, he can come along. So you have a team of four. You may take one other person with you, um, Idafa. There is. You may take uh, one other resistance or insurgents member uh, with you if you choose. I go to Moll and I'm I'm going to give him the option. I'm like, hey, uh, would you want to come with us or? I would go with you anywhere. Aww. But 
we share skill set. Two wild shape users. Perhaps redundant. I did wonder about that. Well, if, if you're okay with it, I probably will choose someone else. You have my blessing. <laughs> okay, well, you kick ass out there. But I am going to take Friskin. Oh! Yay! Friskin, like, throws some books over his shoulder that he was kind of, like, a little bit covered in. He's like, hell yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that you would pick me. <laughs> Flynvi, as he walks past you, you feel like a like a light scratch across your shoulder. Um, and Friskin, like, uses his sharp claws to, like, cut your jacket a little bit across the shoulder. And he smiles and he's kind of, he sort of snarls at you and he goes, you better watch yourself, buddy. Well, I'm like a mirror. And my mum can patch that. <laughs> As Friskin walks past me, I just like whisper in his ear, I'm like, Speck said we can kill him if we need to. It's okay. <laughs> I wasn't waiting for permission. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but you have to be a good boy, okay? And he gives him a pat on the head. I have a proposition to make. Go on. Regarding this, uh, this plan that we have. We do have uh, rumours around the city at the moment that I, Model I, will be in attendance at a happening at the Janssen Breffitt's Parchment Company uh, this evening, along with yes. myself, uh, Mr. Onagon, etc. Uh, do you have any high-level magic users that could possibly, I don't know, create some illusionary people or possibly do a little bit of shape-shifting uh, just to create the illusion that we are at a party which everybody thinks is a high-level uh, rebel meeting? which, let's be honest, it was going to be, while we go into the prison. Oh, you mean people that can, like, pretend to be ours? Yeah. Yes, yes. Do you have anyone like Do you have anyone like that in the Rebels? Uh, you basically wanted to create an alibi for yourselves? Yeah. Is, am I hearing yeah, yeah, this right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, Tuffle and Truffle volunteer for this. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to know but you, Liz, because I think this is a cool idea. Mm. The original happening was planned for tomorrow afternoon after the coronation. Oh, yeah. oh, well. That's my only thing, but that's fine. If you want to call that, yeah, that's let's cool. Bump, let's bump it up to tonight and let's do yeah. like a pretend party. One of my dwarves can probably be Karen, but then we just need some people who are able to pretend to be the other ones. I feel like Tuffle and Truffle would be me just because they <laughs> see me all the time and they already have a hat with horns. So. Yeah. Tuffle and Truffle 100% volunteer to be Idafa and start like pretending to be a hot guy. They're like, ooh, look at me. Look at my abs. <laughs> Doing a pretty good job. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> And the administrator actually, uh, seemingly invigorated by this plan, um, actually volunteers to provide some magic services. Uh, in order to create an illusion of, you know, a crowd and some people. I think it was like she dresses up as Frankie. <laughs> Karen, actually, one of your insurgents members uh, walks up to you and kind of looks like you a little bit and volunteers to uh, to play you. And Flynn, you actually recognize this person uh, as being Alicast, although she has not um, identified herself to Karen. Hmm. To Karen, she's just a loyal member of the insurgency. Oh. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Karen says, thank you, soldier. Your loyalty is appreciated. Do get out of there once the guards arrive, w will you? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And she salutes and turns to leave. <laughs> Bye. Did you know her, Flynn? Yes, you, you should look out for her and trust her. Okay. Well, I do. You might be relatable to each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, hmm. well... Okay, this, I've, I've done a lot of work getting back in contact with uh, the members of the Hive, so I'm not trying to rock the boat over there, all right? Let's maybe talk about that after we um, rescue this young emperor. The next 30 minutes or so mostly involves uh, Janderson sending members of the resistance and with your permission karen members of the insurgency out to certain areas of the city to get ready and on a signal they're basically all going to start like raids fights explosions fires all simultaneously yeah. so that the ymir city guard is unable to keep up with all the reports all at once Turn it on. karen gives him full permission to control the insurgency because after all he does know the town the best after all the rebels the rebels do know all the town the best there's a moment where he like real nonchalantly asks you like how's the old paper company going oh yeah it's good oh <laughs> i knew that when 
this whole thing went down, that somebody would need to do something. And while I had heard that your husband was in charge, it's nice to see the place in such good hands. Yes, well, we're doing our best. Obviously, it's a bit hard to keep a company going at the moment in the state that the city's in, but, um, you know, we're, we're, we're doing our best. We've obviously got a lot of good contacts with the hives at the moment, uh, but Barry's... I don't... You've probably heard already. I mean, Barry's gone missing. I... I didn't really know what else to do except for step up. Uh... I look forward to working together again. So do I, Janderson. You're a... You're a good boss. Let's do this. Let's do this. Montage. <laughs> yeah, montage. Montage. There is no short rest to be had here, but you can all equip yourselves with any weapons or consumables that would be available for you at the Resistance HQ. So if anyone has any spell components or anything that they need to be able to like kit up their inventory, you may do so. You cannot take like magical items, but if you ask now, I might give you permission for some of the stuff that used to be in your inventory. Ooh, I feel like we would probably have a couple health potions available yep. with that. Absolutely. Yeah, okay, cool. yep. take everybody take a potion of health, Okay. which would be 2d8 plus four. I would like to um, suggest that I would have an earring of understanding as absolutely. a spy. Yeah, that's yeah. probably something that I can imagine that you would have had with you. Yes, absolutely. I would like to suggest that now that Karen is kind of like a, a ninja leader, she's become more well-versed in sneaky fighting. So I would like to grab 50 foot of rope, a block and tackle, a bear trap, maybe 10 candles and a pack of ball bearings and a pack of caltrops that is all fine you can have all of that <laughs> Yo! we're not including armor right so i can still wear my bracer of sacrifice which gives me one plus ac uh yep that's fine but can i also bring along my oak dentures it bites through wood sure yeah you find a you find a random pair of false teeth um, that you happen to recognize that was once in your bag in the old timeline. Yeah, go ahead, take that. And I look and I'm just like, um, no one ever uses those. What the hell? <laughs> I guess mainly just spell components because I can't get anything else I had before, though, can I? You could ask. Depending on what it is, I might give it to you. Oh. <laughs> uh, I was thinking of things like my shield and breastplate. Well, you, you made those, didn't you? Yeah, those were things that you invented. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, when you left the house this morning, did you have them? I thought I just, in general, didn't have them because, like, the thing with, with the breastplate and the shield, because the shield hides into my little bracelet-y thingy that Frankie always wears. Likewise, he always has his breastplate on underneath his shirt because it also kind of looks like it has abs, so it looks like... Oh, my God. My question to you, uh, Steph, would be, when this universe's Frankie left the house this morning to go to the oh, palace, okay. I did you it. have them with you? Yes. Then you have them. <laughs> Yay! Okay, uh, in that case, I would just probably take uh, the spell components, anything I might need, and that relation. By the way, now that you will have your amulets, um, you all have access to your uh, magical weapons that you would normally have as well. Lovely. Speaking of, I think Ido would have a bit of a play around because I think he only took out a dagger last time, um, so he doesn't know about Command's backup or Hikate's uh, resolve, so I think... Flynn, would you tell him about the weapons he should have in there? Yeah, I think it's part of getting ready, because he would just assume you guys don't know anything. They'd be like, ooh, it was handy when you used this, remember? Blah, 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 blah. Stabby, stabby, withdrawal. Stabby, stabby, withdrawal. They'd badly explain it to you. <laughs> until you've tried it. Is that okay with you, Hoppy? Yeah. Flynn gets some honesty points from you because he tells you things that you should have within this necklace. Um, and it turns out that, yes, he's actually correct. You do have them. So, like, if Friskin decided he was just going to try and kill him, I might just step in and be like, hey, hey, hey. That's up to you. Friskin will act on your command. Okay. Uh, so Friskin will not just kill him because, but he is on your faction and will act on your command. But you know that Friskin can be bloodthirsty and yeah. he has no problem killing people when he feels like yeah. it. <laughs> So party, it is approximately 90 minutes since the end of the War Council. You are still in the North District. You are sitting across the road 
from the main entrance to the Ymir City Prison. You have had yourselves a little look at a blueprint of the building, and you know that it is uh, one story on the surface, and then at least three stories underground. Most of the cells go down, not up, and you've had yourselves a little look around. You have no idea where to find your target, but you know that he must be inside. Mm. You have uh, equipped yourselves, mentally prepared yourselves as much as possible. You have uh, Friskin on your team, so anything Friskin can do, you now have as part of your heist plan. Just to clarify, I chose Friskin mostly because I assumed that he would be good at things like lockpicking and stuff. Is that true? Yeah, the thing is, Frisk, you are actually the best lockpicker that the crew has. Friskin is fast. He can be extremely quick when he wants to be. He's also very stealthy. Mm. And he has martial arts. He doesn't need weapons to fight. He got his claws. Yeah, so that is what you have added. But he wouldn't be better, for example, at picking locks than you. He'd just be adequate. Okay, sweet. So you are currently waiting on the signal. Um, You can discuss anything you want to. Uh, for the time being. Just clarifying with Penny, on the signal, are we rushing the door or what is the plan for <laughs> us specifically? Well, actually, that's what I was going to ask you. So oh. Step one is you need to get in the front door. You know that once the signal goes off, which has like multiple explosions and mm. fires and uh, sirens going off all over the city, that you will have cover. You are in the city block adjacent to the entrance you can see that everyone is who is coming in or out is searched and they are checking IDs. So, step one, how do we plan on getting into the Ymir City Prison? I I have an idea. No, you go first. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You, you're, you're one of the rebels. <laughs> um, I would just like to check, would Friskin as a Tabaxi have better eyesight? He has dark vision, um, but his uh, a lot of his good perception comes from his hearing. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just going to ask now, Friskin, can you hear roughly how many people are in there? Sure. Um, would you like to roll a perception check? Um, and you can have plus seven uh, on that on that roll for his, uh, for his bonus. Yes, perception. So that is 23. So what is the question? You want to know how many people there are, what, in the, like, in the entranceway? Yeah, in the entrance room. I'm assuming it's a bit like there's that room that you walk into and there's receptionists and stuff that will, like process you and take out the back sort of thing he tells you that there um there is the main armored door of which there is one operator so one guy will have to buzz that door for it to open and then behind that door there are two guards um who would be like you know checking people's identification past that he says that there's plenty more people inside but at the moment there's one guy on the door um, and two guys past that okay here is a basic plan and then i'll get your input team I believe that we should wait for the signal. The sound, I'm assuming, will draw some people out, which would be fantastic, less people to deal with. Uh, Once that has happened, we will ask Flynn, who is the most... Well, I feel like he would be going into the prison quite often, considering his line of work, to go in and get the door buzzed open. Then we rush the door and take out anyone who is, you know, in the way. Uh, have we got any questions, input? What if they bolt down after the riots start? But they panic and they go, not for me. Flinva, roll me a history check. 17. You would know that a lockdown that is activated in the prison would be more about keeping the prisoners in their cells and probably wouldn't affect you, assuming that you weren't like pretending to be a prisoner oh okay perfect he'll he'll share that then he's like actually wait yeah we should be fine we could also try bribey bribey for me to bring someone extra in or at least help smooth the way i feel like we probably don't need that but like if you want to go for it guys we're gonna have to figure out where silver is and usually in prisons there's a roster of some sort that lists all the prisoners and all their numbers, and where they're at. And I would also assume that he would be a high, like, profile prisoner that probably maybe have beefier security, potentially. Great point. Where would that be located, do you reckon? Some are probably on the administration side Mm. in their files. I have kind of a crazy plan, so feel free to say no. Oh, okay. (laughs) So as far as these prison guards know, 
because if being the leader of an organization has taught me anything, it's that it's very, very hard to talk to everybody about everything. And the people who are just doing guard duties often don't get to know a bunch of stuff. So I'm betting that as far as these prison guards know, Mr. Onagon is still the warmongering <gasps> monster he's always supposed to be. And Frankie has the ear of the Emperor. What if they pretended to arrest us and during the uh, confusion bustled us past the guards and straight into the administration to get us all locked down and once we're there we can turn on the guards with us and uh, lock it down. That is a good point. That's actually a great plan, Karen. Uh, I have to admit though I wouldn't be able to go in as myself. Oh, because, well, true. people have seen me with Marvelous. But that's okay, I can sort that out. As far as I know, Friskin, you've been on the radar for a little while. I am wanted for a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he actually has a running record at work. It's quite oh. weird. <laughs> that's a great idea. You guys. And we all know that I've been watched for quite a while now, so yeah, maybe Frankie and, and Flynn bring us in. Sounds great. And you can... You can get in yourself, you said? Well, I might need one of you to hold me. Okay. Um, I don't know what that means, but I presume... <laughs> I presume I'll find out soon. Oh, if, I, if you go in a shape that's smaller than a baby fairy dragon, then you can go in, under my hat. What is a fairy dragon? What? I Okay. I, I, we can't discuss that right now. I am well very curious about the fairy dragon, but I can't talk about that with you right Miss now. <laughs> so, we're all agreed on the plan? Yeah, we break in like you said, Idafa, and use Karen's idea for how we get in. Perfect. Alright, um, in that case, and Ido will do a sh druid shapeshift into, I'm gonna say... A mouse. Absolutely. <laughs> and and Friskin will catch me because he knows what I'm up to. <laughs> and he'll pop me underneath Thing's hat. Just so you know, um, as you hop into the hat, you notice that there's like, you can't see them from the outside, but on the inside, there's these little like pinpoints all the way around the inside of the hat to give like a 380 degree to Wowie when he's in there. <laughs> a 380 degree. And there's a little, like, little, little pouch that's in the hem that's got like some crumbs in there and like a gold coin. Oh. I'm gonna pull on your hair as a joke. You know, like, and I control you. Ratatouille. <laughs> okay, so all of you with, a, with somewhat of a plan in mind, crouch in place waiting and after a few moments as expected you hear an explosion and then another and then another and then fire sirens start to ring in multiple buildings around the city the distraction has begun and friskin puts his hand karen on your shoulder and says uh all right mrs stone carter i guess it is time to get arrested what do you say uh, Karen grins and says, I've always wanted to be put in handcuffs. The infiltration and heist of the Ymir City Prison has officially begun. here thank you very much for listening to the show and just remember that it's never too late for a career change if you want to be the leader of a rebel alliance you should get up and do it even if you're over 30. <laughs> <laughs>